cemeteries are not places where you're likely to find a library, except perhaps one that deals with death. This library is the result of one woman's quest to change how we think and talk about the subject of death, and you'll find it in the Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn, New York. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I'm looking for the strange and unusual from New York to Boston. Right now, I'm in the barn-like attic of a gatehouse at Greenwood Cemetery. It's a small, dimly lit room with wooden planks for a floor. A few dozen people are crammed in together to look at colorful skulls, taxidermied animals, and rare books on medical anomalies or ancient funeral practices. This place is called the Morbid Anatomy Library. Two sisters, Amber and Annika, are scooched together on a bench, flipping through a book of anatomical illustrations. This book is about like pictures of um, women, people. Some pictures show the inside of the body, like the organs and the bones. It's like gross because of the organs, but I think it's interesting. Amber holds up another book, it's an old German children's book called Struhlpeter. I recognize it from my childhood. It's a grisly collection of cautionary tales like Little Suck a Thumb, about a boy whose mother told him not to suck his thumb. It's supposed to be for kids, but most parents would freak at this stuff today. The great tall tailor always comes to little boys that suck their thumbs and ear they dream of what he's about. He takes his great sharp scissors out and cuts their thumbs clean off. And then, you know, they never grow again. The Morbid Anatomy Museum is full of artifacts like this, of a time when death and darkness were all around, even in the lives of kids. At least that's according to the philosophy of founder Joanna Ebenstein. She grew up one of those kids who was fascinated with death. My whole life I've been called morbid for being interested in death and wanting to talk about it and look at images of it. And I always accepted this. I guess I'm just a morbid person. But at a certain point around this time, I just began to think, well, okay, is it, why is it morbid to look at death or think about death? Joanna went on a month-long pilgrimage across Europe to see museums, cathedrals, and catacombs that dealt with death head-on. She was amazed to see remnants of thousands of years of art and history that gave a very different perspective on death. You see churches that are decorated with human bones, for example, or have human bones on display behind the altar, you know, kind of draped in beautiful fabrics, and I, I just blew my mind. Or even of a skull, a death head with bat wings. And I just remember thinking, wow, I didn't know that death and beauty could go together. She started Morbid Anatomy as a blog to continue her study of death in 2007. She quickly realized, we're the outliers, that it's only in the modern age that death is considered uncomfortable, gross, or morbid. It's not morbid to look at death, or if that's so, then all of human history has been morbid. We are the only era that considers it improper to contemplate what, the more I thought about it, um, you know, is the last great mystery of our life and the thing that defines life itself. A lot of her collection reflects the mementos and folk art of peasants and farmers. They produce totems of figures like Santa Muerte, the saint of death. If we have a patron saint, this is she. Joanna shows me one of Morbid Anatomy's prize artifacts, a colorful statue of a skeletal woman in a red robe from Mexico. Joanna keeps her in a glass case on a mantle. It's literally death as a female Grim Reaper 
who is venerated as a great worker of miracles. She's not seen as evil. God decides when you die. But Santa Muerta kindly brings you to the next world. In Mexican folk culture, Santa Muerte is associated with the poor and the downtrodden, and people who historically had no choice but to face death. When you live on a farm, death is a part of daily life. You kill your own animals. Extended families tended to live together, so you would have older people in the house dying. Back then, upwards of half of all children might not make it to adulthood because of disease, unsanitary conditions, poor medical care, or any other number of factors. Joanna says lots of people hundreds of years ago actually looked forward to their own death. The idea of a good death, and people were very anxious about having a good death, was to die at home, surrounded by your loved ones, after which your body would be laid out in the parlor. Uh, Usually the women in the family would clean and prepare the body and present it, and loved ones would come by and view it. She says that all changed in the modern era. We went to hospitals to die, and then funeral parlors became vogue. We didn't put our dead in home parlors anymore. In fact, Ladies Home Journal thought the word parlor had too many associations with death. So it led to a charge to rebrand the home parlor into the living room. Death became out of sight, out of mind. And Joanna doesn't think that's a healthy approach to something we all face sooner or later. I really think the way we look at death is an unhealthy aberration. I think that part of being a human being is the need to find meaning. And without any system or any line of inquiry in which we can ascribe meaning to death, it becomes something frightening and and morbid, truly morbid and pathological and unhealthy and diseased. Morbid Anatomy's home in the Greenwood Cemetery is seasonal. They'll close for the summer. It just gets too hot in the barn-like gatehouse. But they'll open back up at the end of September to welcome people who want to experience another way to look at death. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and I'm looking for unusual and compelling stories on the road from New York to Boston.